So you'll have to forgive me on this first part because it's just kind of my random musings, um, which hopefully will tie into something. But I, I was praying the other day, and the, it was actually the, the evening prayer uh, reading. I don't know, last week or some, yeah, it had to be last week by now. But it talked about um, Jesus living forever, interceding at the right hand of the Father. And it, it's just a very hard concept for me to understand because I view it through the lens of my own adoration of God and how just imperfect that is. So it's hard for me to understand that he's just interceding constantly and what, what that even looks like. Um, the reading, it's actually from Hebrews. It says, he is able to save all who approach God through him since he lives forever to make intercession for them. And so when I think of my own praise of God, it's just, it's very um, staccato. It's very just choppy. Start, stop, start, stop. You're good. I'm bad. You are smart. I am dumb. I mean, it's just very like awkward. Um, but then as I was praying about it or praying with it, I felt like I got um, an inspiration from the Holy Spirit in which the thought just kind of crossed my head. It's like, well, what if his words are just longer? What if instead of the choppiness of human speech, it's like the, the words themselves just get elongated into more of a, um, like you could take it from words that move to chant, that's easy to understand, but then that chant even gets elongated longer. So it's just kind of like a continual vibration or a continual humming or a, a continual sound that just has no beginning and no end. Um, because where my words are, are, as I said, staccato, start, stop, and just very, it takes me a lot of words to say something simple. Like whereas my, my meaning is jumbled, my, my praise is imperfect. When the words get elongated into just this, this vibration, this hum, this constant tone, it's almost like the praise itself of Jesus is not so much the words that he's saying, but more just his constant being. And that the being itself is the praise that's making expiation for our sins to the Father. Um, which kind of makes sense because if Jesus, at least I hope it makes sense as much to you as it does to me, if Jesus is the Word, then he is eternal. Therefore, his words are also eternal and, and don't have a beginning and, and an end. They're not uh, broken phrases and petitions, but rather just his presence is the intercession required by the Father on behalf of us to expiate our sins. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I appreciate the first reading uh, because it says something along the similar uh, pathway. Like It says we fall into sin but we have someone who is ready to justify us. It actually says, my children, I am writing this to you so that you may not commit sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is expiation for our sins, and not only for our sins, and not, not for our sins only, but for those of the whole world. Uh, and yeah, it, it's just, to me, it helps me put that into context when I, when I try and 
conceptualize Jesus making intercession for us that that he is always there on behalf of us to to just intercede and, and take or to expiate our sins um, yeah anyway the the themes of truth and light in today's first reading are very strong as well uh, and what a better way to start talking about one of the greatest lights that shines in heaven forever because she lived according to so much truth St. Catherine of Siena uh, such a spiritual powerhouse. I'll be honest with you that preaching on days like this, uh, when it's a big deal saint, kind of makes me more nervous than preaching on like Easter or Christmas or, or one of the big high holy days. Because on the big high holy days, I can just be like, well, this was my best attempt. And you guys, it's a mystery. So let's not think about it too much. But when it's an actual big deal saint, um, we know a few things. We know that one, they're human. And two, that we can achieve the same things that they did through the same way they did. And that way, which contains the truth and shines like a light in the darkness, is Jesus Christ. By following him, we don't pattern ourselves after some other person, but we honor the way in which someone else lived Jesus Christ in their life. Um, and I always go back to this phrase. I never understood St. Francis until I heard this phrase at some point uttered, by someone who was, uh, I think, a Franciscan priest. But he said, St. Francis didn't want you to follow Francis. St. Francis wanted you to follow Jesus. And if that way of following Jesus led you to live a life similar to Francis, then fine. But he wanted you to follow Jesus. And I think that can be applied to St. Catherine, St. Dominic, St. Cecilia, anyone. Anyone that followed Jesus and is now a saint, they don't want you to follow them. They want you to follow Jesus. But if your life finds itself being drawn into a way that follows the way their life followed Jesus, well, then wonderful. But uh, last night, or, or I, I was struck with the fact as well that we don't celebrate Catherine today because she herself was great, but rather it was Christ in her that was great. And as I read the testimony um, given about her death last night, I was struck with how much she suffered to the very last moments agony and pain, self-accusation of past wrongs and begging the Lord for mercy. I read the accounts and I, I, or I read the account and I immediately knew two things. First, that my death needs to be much, much quicker than hers apparently was. And second, I guarantee that if given the choice, St. Catherine would have asked for double the amount of suffering that she was given, uh, knowing how useful it was for the entire world. This woman who modeled her life after Christ in such a deep way from such an early age, I can see her praying something very similar to the way that Jesus prays in today's gospel. Father, I have revealed your name to those whom you have given me out of the world. Uh, I was reading more in the, the book that Sister Mary John gave me about St. Catherine, and as I read it, I was just kind of flipping through it, because last night, honestly, was the first time I picked it up, but... Um, I would read just little snippets as, as I went through the different chapters, and I was struck that this is going to be a really fun book to read. Like, it's going to be beautiful in the mental candy that it gives me, and also at the same time, it's like, this candy is like medicine, though, because yes, it will, it will help me deeply contemplate God and be like, wow, that was really beautiful. I never thought about that. And then also, it will call me and challenge me to take more seriously the commitment I have made to Christ and his church. 
And I don't think that St. Catherine would want uh, anything more for us on this day that we celebrate her than to deeply contemplate the sweetness of Christ, but also have a sobering realization of our own sinfulness, knowing that it is through his precious blood that our sins are washed away, as it says in the first reading, um, so that we may walk boldly in the light because we have confirmed ourselves in the truth, just as St. Catherine did.